You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Brand Builders on E-Commerce Marketing School. My name is Brooke Burge, and I'm SVP of Brand Marketing at Attentive, the parent company of Privy. So in this segment, I chat with some incredible founders and brand builders to hear their stories of how they've created not just successful companies, but brands that people love. So today you'll hear from Allison Ellsworth, who's co-founder and chief brand officer of Poppy. Poppy is a prebiotic beverage company that had actually rebranded after its appearance on Shark Tank, where it landed a deal. So I personally love the product and its packaging. So I was excited to learn more about the behind the scenes story from Allison. So keep listening to hear her take on things like developing product messaging that's fun but educational, using Amazon as their main online distribution channel, and some clever out of home and TikTok brand marketing strategies that really stood out and helped them grow. All right, I'm so excited to have Allison Ellsworth here, who is co-founder and chief brand officer of Poppy. So Allison, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, excited to be here. Awesome, well, let's kick it off by sharing a little bit more about Poppy with the audience. So for those who aren't familiar, can you share more? What is Poppy? What is the product? Sure. So Poppy is a prebiotic soda. It's good for gut health and boosting your immunity, glowing skin. And really what it is at its core is we've taken something that's not really tasty called apple cider vinegar (laughs) and we've made it taste good and we've made it to the point where people want to drink it every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm laughing because I had tried that. I'd gone down that train (laughs) of trying to drink apple cider vinegar to help me. And, you know, it's helpful, but it is definitely not tasty. So you really crack something here and getting it to be accessible. Yeah, it's interesting because it's kind of how we got started. I was suffering from some different health issues, like my tummy didn't feel good. My skin was horrible. And so I did the whole like, drink apple cider vinegar every day, the master cleanse and all of that. And I loved the results, but I hated the taste. And so I literally went to my kitchen and formulated poppy. And really at the core, what I wanted to create was something that was healthy, but I really wanted it to taste good as well. And Mm -hmm. I think nowadays people think you have to do all or nothing. So I wanted to find that perfect balance of, and I think we definitely did that. Awesome. So this podcast is all about building brands, and I know that people can have a lot of interpretations of what that means. So you, especially with your your role and your title as chief brand officer, I'd love to hear in your own words, what's your one-liner definition of a brand? Yeah, so brand to me invokes emotion. So I told you a second ago what our product was, but what our brand is, it's fun, it's happy, it's about function and flavor. And we build community and we talk to that emotional side. And that's really what people connect with versus the product and why we are always brand forward and brand first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think that to your point, you need to have a quality product, but you also need to create excitement around that product and an energy around it. So kind of tying that together with the brand feel. Um, so Allison, you've mentioned elsewhere that you, you know, you quit your job to start Poppy previously. I'd love to hear more about what was your experience like before starting Poppy and how did that help you, if it did, in getting this off the ground? So it's interesting. I worked in a totally different career. I worked in oil and gas research. Wow. 
mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with beverage, but is what it taught me is I had to, I spent about seven years on the road traveling, running projects, and it really taught me to be a self-starter, right? I didn't have a boss above me telling me what to do daily, and I had to turn out and perform on what I thought was good and what the customer or the oil company wanted, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it helped me as an entrepreneur to just jump right in and not have to worry about what this cubicle and this person's told me what to do type of situation. On top of it, back in college, I think it's interesting. I was a dance major. I was a dancer also. A lot of ballet. Well, yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's one of those things where I soon realized that, you know, you don't need a degree in dance to like actually teach it or to dance. And I was going down the path of I wanted to be a choreographer. So it's interesting because here at Poppy, I also run like our creative Mm -hmm. and I see everything in this like production style. So I see it in my head and I see like the show of what I want it to be. And then I work backwards to build it. So I think both of those things have really helped me implement my strategy and what you see at Poppy today. That is so interesting and such a, you know, I think that sometimes people think about the path to being a founder or to being head of brand is so linear, but the fact that you gained experience from dance and then from oil and gas and those both the creativity and the self-startingness all helped out with building Poppy. Um, So you started Poppy, when did the company officially get going? So it's interesting, prior to Shark Tank, which we got a deal in 2018, mm-hmm. me and my husband had been doing it for about two years, so 2016. And it was straight up farmer's markets, grinding, you know, type of situation, bopping around from this market to this market. And then we started in Whole Foods and we started into some local shops in Dallas, Texas, and got to the point where we needed capital. And so we went on to Shark Tank and got a deal. And what is really interesting and why I I love that we're chatting about brand today is we went on the Shark Tank. We got a deal with Ron Oza, who's like the beverage guy in the world. He's smart water, vitamin mm-hmm. water, health aid, right? Big brands. And he said, look, you have a fantastic product. This tastes amazing. This is a soda replacement. This is game changing. I've been looking for something like this, but your brand sucks. He was very honest with us about mm-hmm. it. And our name before was mother. And we were named after the mother of vinegar. And it was kind of one of those things that one, we couldn't trademark the word mother. And our packaging was very farmer's markety, like you know, small town type of situation. We're in a glass bottle. And he said, look, you guys have good distribution, but we're going to make the decision to pull back and we're going to do a total rebrand. And we spent nine or 10 months on that rebrand. We renamed our company Mm -hmm. to Poppy. We went to Cannes. We went colorful. We did consumer groups and research on what should be on the front of the can. And we, what's the tone of our voice, right? We did a lot of that hard work before Mm -hmm. we launched. And I, that that set us up for success. And so when we launched, we knew who we were. Now there's still a lot of work after that. Once you launch, listen to your consumer and we're ever changing and ever learning and getting the data. But we kind of had a strong way about who we knew we were. And um, I think a lot of people take that for granted and just like get it out there and then like Mm -hmm. figure it as you go. But if you can put that time in and have a good product and a good brand, it really does set you up for success. That's incredible. So Basically, the company existed for a bit prior to you going on Shark Tank with your husband, right, in 2018. And then after that time, worked on the rebrand and really came to launch it, I believe you said right at the beginning of COVID. And you came out through Amazon, right? 
Yeah, so we launched in March of 2020, and I don't think anyone realized or knew, right, what COVID was at that point. And so we were like, should we pull back? No, let's just go ahead and launch. And thank goodness we had already set ourselves up on Amazon because I think if any brand at that time wasn't already on there, it was hard to get set up. The system was pretty fatigued. We were also in the middle of national rollout with Whole Foods and Sprouts. And they basically were like, look, we have to put this on hold because we need to get toilet paper on the shelf. And so it was one of those things that were like, okay, we are going to focus on Amazon right out the gate. And then once the world kind of like gets back to normal, which we thought would only take a month or two, which Mm -hmm. we now know isn't true, we'll go and we'll focus on brick and mortar retail. What was also really interesting is we did an update on Shark Tank talking about our rebrand and what Poppy was. And it aired in April of 2020 on a Friday night. Now, how (laughs) often is everybody sitting at home? But April of like lockdown of 2020, so we like broke the internet. The um, our website went down. We had like record sales. And for example, March when we launched our very first month, we did nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars on Amazon. The very next month, we did over one hundred fifty thousand wow. dollars on Amazon. And our growth, just also for context, Prime Day was I think last month, and in one day we did five hundred and fifty thousand wow. dollars in one day. So. Just our growth has just been absolutely insane. And over that course of Prime Day, I think we did over a million dollars. So within a brand that's two years, going and seeing that kind of growth has just been absolutely insane. And it's because we've doubled down and leaned into the Amazon platform. Mm -hmm. And also, it seems like also you took the time after getting the investment to really think about your brand and who you wanted to target to get that broader adoption. Because like you said earlier, the name, the identity, kind of the packaging maybe appealed to a more niche type of buyer. And you've made this, you know, more accessible and more fun for a broader audience and distribution. So let's rewind a little bit to that rebrand. I'd love to hear more about how you arrived at the name Poppy. Uh, I think even saying it is a fun name. So (laughs) tell me more about how you narrowed down and selected that and who you worked with to do that. Yeah, so we came up with the name Poppy because it's a playoff of soda pop. And we wanted to invoke that emotion, like I spoke about earlier, of you as a kid drinking pop right? And then on top of it, we went with color, really poppy, bright color can. So we literally pop off the shelf or off the web page if you're looking at us online. And it kind of all went into the way where we wanted our pillars, right? We're flavor, fun, and function. And it really went into, it screams flavor, mm-hmm. right? If our cans were white, you probably wouldn't think much about it. And then on top of it, something else that's really interesting is when we were designing these cans, if you look at it, it's, it screams flavor, it's poppy, it pops off at you, but there's nowhere on it that's like, mm-hmm. this is good for Other than the word prebiotic, situation. really. So you we know, want the cons- at it, yeah. Right, yeah, and you get like the healthy halo, and it's like, it, right here it says like, for a healthy gut, but it was what we wanted it to pop off the shelf, so poppy. We want someone to drink it and be like, wow, this tastes really good, and then to flip it mm-hmm. over and be like, this is healthy for me, because healthy can be niche, right? You can pigeonhole yourself if you're a healthy product, if you're a product that tastes good and you're healthy, really the sky's the limit there. And then with that, we worked with our shark, Rohan Oza, and he has an internal team called Uncommon. So it was just like me, my husband, Steven, who is the other founder and Rohan's like two of his team members. And we spent time and we were I was super involved with the whole rebrand and the whole process. That's awesome. And I think I wanted to tell you a little bit about how I discovered Poppy because I think it speaks to what you did there with the packaging. So initially I found Poppy through TikTok. 
follow a bunch of wellness accounts. So someone was sharing products that they started switching to that helped their gut health. And then I recognized it there and then later saw it at a smoothie shop. And you're right, because the bright color really popped off the shelf when it, I was looking at the, the fridge of what to pick up. I'm like, OK, here's an opportunity to try it. And I don't know if this is intentional, too. And if people are listening, go to drinkpoppy.com to see the cans and to see the, the packaging and brand identity there. But it's almost like pop art. Like it's very kind of almost like it would be something that would be a poster you would hang up. So I love that, that it's something that's very accessible, very fun. And, you know, to your point, we've actually won quite a few awards for the packaging from like Dyline to BevNet to all sorts of different ones, because I think people interpret fruit <laughs> like traditionally and you see the fruit and ours is almost like illustrated fruit. It's like vector almost type of a, a design and it's different. It's not like everything else on the shelf. So even if our cans like turned and you don't see the logo, people mm -hmm. rec That's recognize so like our artwork. So, mm -hmm. you know, which is, which is a bonus, right. right? Versus just another strawberry that someone recognized. And we just did a brand lift study. And it's interesting. Our household penetration is like nothing, right? At the end of the day, we are a brand of two years old, but we made a lot of leaps and bounds into it. And so why we're doing the brand lift study now, and then we'll do it next year and we'll have a baseline to go off of. But it's what we saw is our brand is recognizable, almost more so than brands mm -hmm. that have been around for five or six years. So that's exciting. We know we're onto something. And the reason why that kind of stuff is so important to do like brand lift studies and that research early on is because you want to be able to track that growth and all of the campaigns that you're doing mm -hmm. or the stuff online or the TikToks, right? Really track your household penetration over time. And then it always looks good if someday you want to go public or with investors to show that and what your efforts are paying off. Right. And also the, the, the intentionality of it to be able to, you know, from the beginning, think about, you know, a year mm -hmm. from now, two years from now, where do I want the brand to be? Let me measure that now so that we have a baseline. And then, like you said, every campaign that you do, whether it was the rebrand or whether it was, you know, launching into a different wholesaler, you can start to measure that lift and that impact since brand is, is often very hard to prove a direct correlation. Like I just said, I found you TikTok, smoothie shop, yes. like it was all over the place. So the more that you can measure that, that more help that that is for you to grow your business. Now you talked a bit about the, the visual identity and the name, but you know, a large part of this also is translating into brand voice and how you communicate as a company. And I think if folks take a look at your website, drink poppy, and then they also take a look at your social, they'll see a really consistent voice there. You know, I think one of the phrases that I loved is, you know, join the prebiotic party. So making it again, that very fun energy. But how do you think about that through your team? You know, if you have different people creating content, you ultimately want them all writing as poppy. So how do you guide that voice and that tone? It's interesting. I think it comes from one, we have a great team and we are like a family. We're constantly in communication and we found we almost start like talking like we do online. It kind of comes becomes a little ridiculous sometimes, but it's like I, my team's pretty young. So I almost feel like a little old and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are slaying yep, I today. Understand. <laughs> and it's using the words that are trendy now as well as happy. So like that's where we always try to like our tone of voice should always be like we're the cool kid at the party, but we're not the one that's not approachable. So it's like the happy... You're mm -hmm. also, you know, you're, we're fun, but we're never juvenile. So we've actually gone and like written down that kind of stuff before. It's like, we're energetic and lively. We're happy and optimistic. Like 
We've literally written this down. And when people are onboarded or if you're going to be doing copy online or something, we literally make sure you know it. We're lighthearted. We're funny. We're never going to put anyone down. You'll never see us like talking crap mm-hmm. about any of our competitors or other people. At the end of the day, I think people, when they go to our brand, they see and feel happiness. And so I think like even our purpose, right, is to create a culture of happiness and health for all by revolutionizing the soda experience. So within that, we have our happiness, our health, and then like soda. So it's like the fun flavor function, all of it kind of just like funnels up together. And as long as the tone of voice and what you're saying is somewhere in there, then you're in that pocket. Mm -hmm. And that's another piece that I think when companies are growing really quickly that they can overlook is taking the time to write down that fond flavor function and that this is the way we communicate. You know, here's examples of how that comes to life. Here's examples of things that aren't on brand because that will help you have a consistent experience externally to customers and they'll be able to really recognize and start to connect with your brand. But I do think it's something when a company is growing really quickly that you can be like, oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, that doesn't matter. But yeah. Always, every time it's pushed. But yeah, if you put the time in and I like to use this as an example because some people listening might not know Poppy, but you have Nike and Asics, right? Like Asics, they talk about their shoe and how it's great for running. But like Nike, they invoke that emotion and you know it and you know the tagline, just do it. And that's what I always try to tell people, like that's what you want. And it's Apple and Microsoft, right? Apple, it's just like sexy and the, the branding's all about, you know, you want to be a part of it and it's they built this community And then like, you're like, okay, for my job, I have to have a Microsoft, right? Like, it's like, okay, that's just because. And so you want to build a brand. And that's what I think Apple and Nike have done. Mm -hmm. And it's almost easy. Once I say that, people are like, oh, Mm -hmm. that makes so much sense. And that's what Poppy is doing, is we're building that community, that brand recognition on top of it. You want to be consistent. So like our POS and field, most of our ads, our colors, like all of those things are very consistent. For example... Our strawberries, pink and yellow. We'll never do anything for that brand or for that flavor that's not pink and yellow. Like we're not going to throw blue in. We're not going to throw this, right? Because we want to keep it consistent. Our orange is, is tonal. It's orange and light orange, right? And so it might get boring to your internally. You're like, God, I've seen this under time. Yes. <laughs> you're like, I'm ready to mix up the color palette. You're like, nope, stay with it. I'm ready to different tagline or you think you need something new for every little campaign. But at the end of the day, we're trying to build something in that recognizable like tagline or brand or color. And you want to be consistent so that to your point, you saw it and then you saw it in the store and, and then you see it on a billboard, you see it on TikTok mm-hmm. or wherever you want it to be consistent across that touch point for the consumer. Yeah. And I really like that you brought that up around internally. It may feel repetitive. You know, I think especially, you know, having you know been in marketing my whole career, same thing. You'll be working on something. And you're like, oh, we've been saying this tagline for years. <laughs> Or we've been saying this phrase for years and it's like you hear it every single day, but the customers or your prospects are still getting used to it. And that still builds over time, especially when it's a newer space or a newer category, like what you're operating in. So very important that keep that repetition, even if it feels like, all right, I'm ready to do something different. So your point there around, I'd love to talk more about education because this is a soda alternative. And I think that there is a level of education that comes with explaining what apple cider vinegar is, explaining what prebiotics are, and doing that in a fun way that captivates a broader audience. Because like you said, even with your brand voice, a lot of that sounds a bit 
younger, a little bit Gen Z. And, you know, I don't know if they wake up thinking I need to care about prebiotics. <laughs> so how, how do you think about making that education around the product fun and uh, like something that they're wanting to lean into and learn more about? So it's for us, we've seen crazy success on TikTok. And a lot of people think, oh, with TikTok, you need to be doing some crazy dance or some trend or something. But is where I've really leaned in is just telling my story and being authentic and real and talking to the camera. And to the point where we have, you know, I have a couple of videos, there are like 50 million views. We have Poppy hashtag over 250 million views and rising in like about a year, right? And it's, at the end of the day, I think Gen Z, they want to be connected to something bigger. It's not always about the product or, you know, the loyalty or any of that, but I think it's... Mm -hmm finding a way to connect on like a level that they get, which is TikTok right now. And then what's interesting, our consumers say like buying on Amazon, they're a little older, they're like 25 to 35 and higher. Cause then once you get a little bit higher, they are drinking it for the health benefit. Right. They want one every single day. They're on that subscription. It's like one of those things. But mm -hmm. is what you find is you really, it's you market to the young and the old buys. And that's just been the way marketing's been for years is people want to feel young. They want to be a part of that and like stay young, like type of a situation. And so we like to push the boundaries, but we also don't want to like cannibalize the older audience. You right. want to still be relatable and not go like too far or too edgy. It's like kind of staying in the middle. But I think TikTok is, is that one channel that we found that one, we're hitting our exact mm -hmm. consumer. There's quite a few millennials and older. My mom's on TikTok, right? That are on there and we're communicating with our consumer we're having touch points with gen z and we're driving purchase on amazon mm -hmm. and in brick and mortar it's crazy platform if you guys are not on it with your brand like run now and get on it mm -hmm. yeah and I, I spent some time looking at your tiktok page for poppy and you know something that i think you're doing that's really unique is you know you're very present as a founder and as a voice of your brand but you also seem to be using it for a lot of two-way connection and communication. And, you know, obviously Attentive, we've seen text be a really great channel for that back and forth and sharing feedback. And I see that happening for you on TikTok as well. You know, for example, I think it was just yesterday you posted something to get feedback on what type of color beanie. <laughs> but how has listening to your customers, whether it's on TikTok right. or text or any other channel, helped you either develop new products or refine your flavors or know, decide what markets to do your out of home campaign in or what products to launch. So it's interesting. So going back to TikTok, what we've used that channel for is mm -hmm. we do a lot of paid on there. And instead of driving them to like Amazon, which can be like a ooh, like right to bottom of funnel, like we really want top of funnel brand awareness. So we do drive them to our website because we want them to get that brand touch point. But we're capturing that email and SMS. And we're finding that we've grown our list to over 200,000 mm -hmm. in like a year and a half just through TikTok driving to our website. We're finding this audience on top of it. It is our most engaged insider audience. Well, most of the ads that they're seeing that's driving them there is me talking. So one more layer that we could do is our welcome flow is like, hey, Allison, the founder, welcome. And then you go into education. But then on Amazon, when we have a deal or something like we pulse that audience, they convert, they're loyal. Mm -hmm. They want to know when our sales are on top of it. Usually the text is from me. Hey, guys, I have this. So what we've recently done is more than just for the promo activity. To your point, we did a flavor radar survey and we're looking at what new flavors we want to launch next year. And we had like four or five that we were playing around with. 
what would fit well within our portfolio. But what we found is since that audience is so engaged, they drink poppy. I mean, I think we pulsed them and I, I want to say, I think we had 2000 people come back. They did the survey wow. out of those 2000, mm-hmm. 90% drink poppy every single day. So this audience knows our brand. They are qualified to tell us what they want. And now we're going to roll out with two new flavors because that's what they want. And they suggested next year. And I think that data is so important and to listen to people drinking you, your product, right? We've done some other surveys where it's a little wider, where it's like people that don't drink poppy or, you know, they think they know or they've had it once or they've heard of it. You know, I think when you're trying to one for innovation or anything, you really want to talk to your consumer and those people and get that feedback versus right. someone that doesn't really know you because they might just do what they think and they don't know the brand. And, you know, so we've worked that flow and it's just it's been such a powerful audience and community that we've built and it's we've been dipping into it for so many different things and data points. Yeah, I think that that's so necessary because those are your loyal evangelists. They're the ones who are going to share Poppy out there. You're not even prompting them. They just love the product, love the experience so much. So of course you want to hear what they're thinking in terms of what they want next from the company. And looking at your brand, it seems like you've had so many different like levers that you pull for growth, whether that's TikTok. I think Shark Tank was also a really interesting brand awareness moment, how you mentioned like they did the the update in April of 2020 and, and everything kind of flew off the shelves there. And also Amazon as a distribution channel, which is really unique. So you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear how has leaning into Amazon as at least your initial, I know you're in a lot of wholesale um, brick and mortar now too. How has that really been a growth driver for you? And why do you think like it's such a difference from other D2C brands? Like, do you think that that really helped with accelerating the visibility and awareness of Poppy? Yeah. So the great thing that comes with one having like Rohan as our shark, it opens up to a pool of great talent and people that have done a lot of high growth brands before. And I think when you can make less mistakes Mm -hmm. and surround yourself with smart people, it's also you don't waste money, right? When you're high growth. And so going into it from day one, because we had so many amazing people around us, we all knew we were going to go Amazon, like a hundred percent. We weren't even going to try to sell on our website because one, if you're selling on your website and you're not on Amazon, someone's going to get on Amazon and sell your product. And it's not going to be a great consumer like touch point, right? The product will probably come like beat up or and people are going to leave reviews. And when people leave bad reviews, they'll be in that Whole Foods or Target. Like if mm-hmm. your product, like, should I buy it? They'll pull up Amazon, look at the reviews and be like, mm, I don't want to do that. So we knew the power of Amazon. I think it has like 80% of American households like have Amazon Prime. On top of it, if you can own your own channel, it's just like so powerful. So those were like a few reasons why we went all in. And then on top of it, it does drive brick and mortar to that point. We might get to them on Amazon and then now they're walking down Whole Foods and we're on the shopping list and and everything. And then you're not splitting customer service as well. So if you're doing your own website and Amazon, you have the Amazon Mm -hmm. customer service. It's a lot less of a touch point. It's automated. They've got it. It's a well-oiled machine. Well, then you also have to have an internal team doing it with the shipping and the logistics and the customer service. And then you have ad spend on top of that. So you would be split between like Google SEO and Amazon. Fun fact, we do zero SEO Google spend. And we have a crazy successful business on Amazon because we don't have to split our ad spend between our own. It's almost like 
going all in, we've doubled down and we've figured it out. And it, it's just part of our 360X now. And I cannot tell you how many people I will tell that story and how successful we're by, you know, like I said, Amazon Prime, we did over $550,000 mm -hmm. one day. And then they're like, but you should get on Shopify and you should be your own. I'm like, no, you're not listening. Like we're not doing it. And I wish some more people would take that advice and just you know, go for it. Yeah. That is like a little counterintuitive to what other brands are starting out with. You know, I think another thing that you did that is with Amazon, a lot of that is almost like search engine optimization for what terms people are looking for so that your product surfaces there. Yeah. And I think by keeping the name soda in your brand was pretty smart because then you're hitting on that audience who may not even know that prebiotic soda is a thing, but that's their first intro. You know, when I type soda into Amazon right now, I see Poppy as, you know, sponsored ad. I also see buy it again up at the top because I've already bought it. <laughs> but I do think that that was, you know, an interesting decision to keep the name soda in there, you know, not try to brand it as a prebiotic beverage or, you know, because people are looking for soda. On it, or mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that, since we've go, done so many pulsing thing, back to our email and SMS list, when we pulse it during certain times, like a lightning deal or for Prime Day, there is such thing as going viral on Amazon. And so a lot of people don't talk about that. But when our audience goes and they purchase while well, we're doing a lightning deal and it like layers, it repogs us. So like in a store, for example, brick and mortar, you have the stuff that's right in front of you that you walk up, like that's the prime location or in the cold case. You don't want to be in like the top right. thing and then the back bottom corner. Well, on Amazon, you want to be the first one that comes up or the Amazon's choice or you get that badge, right? Well, when we pulse our audience, it repogs us. So we do get that badge. We, as a brand of two years old, have been on the top grocery of all of Amazon multiple times. I think we were, uh, the highest we got is, was like 14 before. Wow. So 14 in all of grocery on Amazon. And we also on Amazon Pride Day on the Lightning page, we were the only consumable product on there. And we hit number 27. We were up there with computers and, you know, <laughs> that's like incredible. monitor yeah. screen, you know, so and so that's what I'm saying. Like we found a way to like really lean into Amazon and it's really paid off. And so we just hope to continue to see it. And we have plans to, you know, continue push, push, push. And TikTok, email, and mm -hmm. SMS is a huge part of that plan. Awesome. And I think another another growth engine that I've I noticed because, you know, I'm in the region here in New York, for the month of July, you had, I believe it was your first out-of-home campaign. So billboards throughout the city. So tell us a little bit more about that effort and what was your goal for that? And, you know, kind of how are you thinking about measuring success of that campaign? Yeah, so since Poppy launched in March of 2020, we've really been, you know, clouded by the horrible COVID word. And this is the first summer that we've had the ability to step out and do in real life mm -hmm. activation. So one thing that I think any CPG brand knows is if you win New York, you can win the US. It's just the, the amount of people in a small concentrated area that you can get to and at the end of the day once you taste our product you our repurchase rate is like 70 percent or something crazy so we knew okay new york we want to win new york this is finally we're back like we can get out so we went really hard we did gorilla sampling we did demos and then on top of it we did billboards we did urban panels across the subways when you go in we did wild postings where it's like all over the side of the the walls, we did buses, 
and we pulsed it while we were doing sampling the ground, working really close with our distribution partners to make sure we were in every bodega right. or every Whole Foods or Target. So people see the billboard, they see it going to the subway, they walk into the Target they, or Whole Foods or the bodega, and then they purchase us. And that's just marketing 101. You want as many touch points to where they're like, man, I just keep mm-hmm. seeing this. I got to try it. And we've seen really a big success. And I think it also bleeds to online. So like that was going on while like, we're still doing our TikTok strategy. We're still doing our email and SMS and our, you know, all of that stuff combined is really important because I think a lot of people think, oh, okay, well, if we're doing that, mm-hmm. let's not do this. But no, you don't want to quit doing your baseline of what's working. You right. just want to like add it to it because we've made that mistake in the past. We're like, oh, we're going to go really hard here and not have our always baseline. Mm-hmm. And you see the dip. But if you can keep your baseline and then add extra activities while you're testing, then it's a lot more successful because you don't want that like volatile, like up and down type of situation. Right. And you can also use those digital channels or your existing channels to amplify that new campaign. So, you know, showing on TikTok, hey, we're here in New York, like find a billboard, take a picture with it. Like the more that you can connect all of them together. Another channel or something that I noticed within your brand, you launched some poppy merch. And I'd love to hear how you're using your own branded merch and what's the idea there. So merch is such a hot topic. It's so interesting. For me, it was just something that I knew when we leaned into influencer marketing really early. So when we launched, other than like Amazon, it was like the first thing we did paid, right? It was before we did Mm -hmm. PR, before we even did a paid ad or anything, we did influencer marketing. And it's such a busy, noisy space. And you have to find a way to break through. And what better way is to give them merch. Now, A lot of people give like really crappy merch and like I guarantee they just like throw it in the goodwill. But we really want like dope merch. So we cut, sew, dye. We want it to be different, not like anything that they've ever gotten. And we've seen it be so successful. So we've like set up, we have like certain uh, programs that we track like our EMV in the background. And we'll set up like a merch campaign. And we find that people like, you know, even with the shirt I'm wearing now, if Poppy is in like all their TikTok videos, they'll do 10 of them in a mm-hmm. row. And it's like our brand literally in your face. It's not the can, but that brand recognition. And so we're just seeing it as another way because people drink Poppy, they're right. gone when they're gone, they're gone. But the shirt they'll wear or the sweater they'll wear over and over and over again. So it's part of our strategy within brand recognition, brand loyalty, building community, and finding a way to stand out. Mm-hmm. And I think merch is something like to your point, you don't want to skimp on because people won't wear something if it's low quality or not something that they feel excited to wear. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm working in business to business marketing and, and tech and software. You want something that actually would fit into that person's life. And they also don't want your brand like too, too front and center, very subtle. So, you know, we've been intentional about that and have seen, you know, folks who well, love and wear our sweatshirts and and how that is really just like a walking billboard moment in between these other marketing campaigns. So, and enabling your team and kind of fans and supporters of the company, you know, it sounds like one of those check the boxes on merch, but it can actually be really strategic if you put thought into it. So, yeah. And we also, I think some people have like a layer of like, oh, this is the influencer merch. And then you have like internal where they get the shameless, like ugly t-shirt. <laughs> but we've, we've made the decision to where like, we also want our employees to be like yeah. full swagged out and like dope gear too. Cause we want them to live the brand and feel as special as all these people that we're gifting to. So anytime we do any of these drops we make sure like our internal team, our sales team, like everyone gets it. 
because it just makes them also building that community internally inside the company and living that culture is really important to you. Yeah, your employees are huge advocates. So definitely important to encourage that. All right. Well, Allison, this has been an amazing chat. I feel like we learned so much about Poppy, the product and Poppy, the brand. So we're going to wrap it up with a quick little lightning round covering a couple topics I wanted to dig into with you. So first, you know, being as someone who's obsessed with brands as I am, <laughs> I'd love to hear more about what is an e-commerce brand that you're really into right now that isn't your own, but whether it's a product you recently bought or something that you've had your eye on. So someone I think doing a really good job right now is Starface. They found a way to make things like a pimple cool. And I feel like, yeah, we've made out better cool and Starface. It's interesting. It's like these little star stickers you put on your zits and you'll see influencers online literally doing TikToks with the star on them knowing there's a zit under there, but it's cool, if that makes sense. Yeah, wow. So I hadn't actually heard of that before. Looking at it now, it's starface.world. That is a clever idea, making that a little bit more okay in part of your day-to-day life. Awesome. And then next question, what is your favorite brand marketing campaign that you've run for Poppy so far? You know, it has to probably be the one we just are wrapping up now. It's our BFE campaign, which is Big Flavor Energy. And something interesting about that, and I'll say really quick, is we were able to pull it together within like a, six weeks because we wanted to capitalize on the Kim Kardashian, like what's hype right now, BDE energy. And if we would have planned this a year ago or something like that, like you would have never have worked. We wouldn't have been so on trend. And so it was the right time. It was on trend and it really connected with our consumer and it talked about flavor with our product. So it was fun. It hit the fun flavor and function. What is a marketing channel that you want to do even more with? So it's not going to sound as sexy, but Pinterest is genuinely a sleeping like bear. We've done some testing <laughs> on there and we've seen really great early success. The thing is you have to have the right content. So you want to have the bandwidth and the content. So it's something that we're going to like lean into with like blogging and Pinterest and recipes next year. But people are on still on Pinterest. I know no one talks about it, but Mm-hmm. The sleeping bag. I'm on Pinterest as a consumer, but I feel like yeah. I don't talk about it. So exactly. that's exactly your point. Yeah. And education could be a big piece into there, the content. Huge. Yeah. And I think people are like, oh, you get on Twitch or like all these new, like Triller, like all these new platforms. That's great. But like, there's still some really great platforms to tap into before you go too far and wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very smart. And um, also wanted to check in on any favorite resources that have helped you with your own marketing and brand building. I know you have had access to incredible advisors and teams, but are there any newsletters or podcasts or things that you've just been drawn to where you feel like you get a lot of inspiration and ideas? Okay. So I love Behance and Mm -hmm. it's probably because I run like creative over here, but it's a great platform. It's similar to like a, a Pinterest, but it's other creators creating stuff. So great graphic designers and they're designing packaging or swag or art or something like that. And you can pull really great inspiration, but on top of it, you can reach out to those creators and work with them. And so I think it's a great platform to look and you can find, you know, if you have a new swag coming up or a new packaging or influencer box, like work with these creators, shake it up a little Mm -hmm. and support them. Yeah. I think Behance is awesome. I actually use a, I use Pinterest for that discovery too. You know, if we're doing an event or experience, being able to find some ideas there as well. Okay, and then wrapping it all up, if you had to pick one word to describe Poppy, what would be that one word? 
probably has to be happy. I feel like that fits very well. All the marketing, the name itself just kind of gives you that joyful energy. So love it. Thank you so much, Allison. And if people listening want to learn more about Poppy or try it out for themselves, where can they go? Sure. Yeah. Drinkpoppy.com on Amazon. And you can also get us nationwide and any big box retailer like Target, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Publix, Kroger, Safeway, Ralph's. So check it out. Awesome. Thank you, Allison. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brand Builders. If you have ideas or feedback, you can reach me at Brands by Brooke on Twitter. Thanks for listening in and have a great rest of your day.